Hello, this is Roger Shouts, and this is Jumpstart Rewind. This is part of our Heavenbound podcast family. This is Jumpstart number 2823. This month, we're looking at jumpstarts from the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 20, verse 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock, and said to them, Listen now, you rebels, shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? A person's anger can get the best of them. Words can fly that will be remembered for decades. Things can be done that pushes fellowship and friendships and even severs our ties together. Israel was complaining once again, unhappy, not content, wishing that they could be back in Egypt. Moses had just had it with these people. It's like a parent counting to three to get a rebellious child to tone down and straighten up. The Lord told Moses to take the staff and speak to the rock. Two things happened. They shouldn't have happened, but Moses was mad. Instead of speaking, Moses struck the rock. He smacked the rock twice. I'm surprised that the rod didn't shatter into pieces. That was mistake number one. He was to speak, not strike. Mistake number two is found in our verse today. Moses seemed to think that he could bring water out of the rock. Really? On your own? Have you ever done that before? And could he separate the Red Sea? And could he make the rod into a snake? One would wonder with such power, why did Moses need the Lord? He was taking credit for what God would do. It was the Lord who would bring water out of the rock. Without the Lord, nothing would happen. The Lord rebuked Moses for not treating him holy and before the assembly for not honoring the Lord. Bringing out water of the rock should have been a moment for all Israel to fall on their knees to praise the Lord, but that simply didn't happen. As a result, Moses and Aaron would die in the wilderness. They would be they would not be allowed to enter the land that they had spent a long time heading towards. And this is some lessons in here for us to see. First, let us never keep the Lord out of the picture, nor forget our humble place before him. Great things happen, and some are easily taking credit when the increase and the blessings come from God. Our safety, our health, our growth directly point to the Lord. Without the Lord, we could not succeed. Let's never forget that. Secondly, these verses remind us that even the leaders among us can do wrong. No one but the Lord is perfect. We can make wrong judgments. We can let our emotions get the best of us. We can say things that ought never to be said. Our position and work in the kingdom doesn't move us to being beyond all the rules. All of us are accountable to the Lord. All of us need to do what the Lord has said. Thirdly, the nation would survive without Moses and Aaron, and the church will survive without you and me. It would be a hard transition moving from Moses, who has been the leader for 40 years, to Joshua. But that transition would not slow things down. In fact, as Joshua takes over, there's a rapid command to get ready to enter the land immediately. Preachers, shepherds need to understand that the work is greater than we are. What we do is leave a legacy for others to follow. What we can do is make it easier for those who come after us. My passionate study of restoration history shows that preachers have come and gone. They did amazing work, and a generation later, most of them are forgotten. The kingdom will not collapse if any one of us are no longer here. Fourth, there are consequences, often severe, that follows our disobedience to God. The flow of this context makes us conclude that it was Moses who struck the rock. Aaron was just there. Why did Aaron have to die? We might assume that he was silent and didn't stop Moses. We might assume that he was party to what Moses was doing. The Lord's ways are always just and right. When leaders disobey, one of the greatest consequences that often follows is that they're no longer worthy to lead. 
Respect has been lost. Credibility is at stake. Trust has been shattered. Rather than limping along trying to recover, if it ever can be recovered, it's often best for the leader to step down. God removed both Aaron and Moses. It must have been a long, long journey down that mountain for Moses and Aaron's son. They left Aaron up there. The Lord was going to take his life. I expect Moses had tears in his eyes. I also expect that his heart was filled with remorse, regret, and pain that he caused for his brother's death. In just a moment, years and years of good can be destroyed. It takes a long time to build, but just moments to tear down. An angry word, a foolish act, something not thought out. That's all it takes to send people running to the other direction. That's all it takes for a church to tailspin. That's all it takes to destroy unity and break the hearts of fellowship within others. Hitting the rock and stealing the credit doesn't seem like a big deal to us, but they were to God. The magnitude of sin is not in how many people were hurt, but in what the Lord has said. It is interesting, though, that Moses' name is found in Hebrews 11, among those who gained approval. God took his life, but God granted him a heavenly home. The faith of Moses covered a lifetime. We're thankful that God does not judge our entire walk by one moment in time. It's not a stretch to believe that Moses was tearful, penitent, and sorry for what he had done. God was right, and he knew that. And when our emotions get the best of us, and we say things and do things that we later regret, the story's a reminder of the mercy and the love of the Lord. Being in heaven is far more important than being in a physical land of promise. By faith, Moses gained approval, is what Hebrews 11 says. Thank you so much for listening.